Hey guys, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. My name is Spencer Feenstra, the host and creator of the zoo. I'm here just to talk to you about things that are on my mind and on my heart. I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do, please check us out on all social medias at The Feenstra Zoo. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome back to the Feenster Zoo. Uh, time for another exciting audio adventure here. It's going to be myself, and yet again, my beautiful wife Shalane is going to be joining us for this episode. Wifey, say hello. Hello. Uh, before we do jump into it, though, I just want to take care of some housekeeping. First, thank you for everyone who's sharing the zoo so far. I um, just want to encourage everyone to please continue to share uh, the Feenster Zoo here. It is the best way to expand is just word of mouth, getting your guys' feedback. And uh, yeah, just if you can just please continue to share the Feenster Zoo here. And if you could leave a review with a comment wherever you listen to the podcast, it does help us climb the charts. Every comment, every review does help us to get better visibility when recommending or top trending and recommending podcasts just please uh, if you've got the time do so and lastly if you really do love what we do here and you can support me directly do so by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash the zoo it was brought to my attention that it was not working for the past couple weeks so if you tried to do so thank you if you want to try again it is actually working now all right, well, let's, um, you know, with that out of the way, let's just jump right into today's topic, which is coping with the hustle, or for me, high season. We all know that there's just a natural ebb and flow to life, right? I'm sure you're just like me, and you've heard phrases like, this season of life, or this chapter of my life, or that was in a different life, or a lifetime ago. and sounds kind of stupid saying them back to back like that but I'm definitely guilty of literally every one of those phrases in my common vernacular but life does have its ups and downs its moments of peace and its days of chaos and assuming you are listening to this near its release date I am uh, directly in the midst of of chaos right now at this time at the tire shop basically between October 1st and Christmas our business literally triples and our hours extend and stress goes through the roof yes it's great and please don't take any of this as complaining as I truly do love my work but if I let it it becomes all-consuming to my life And I'm sure there's a few of you who are thinking, well, yeah, that's kind of how you get ahead and become successful. And sure, you do have a point there. But it all depends on what you measure success by and what you hold most important in your life. 
Let's expand on that for a little bit here. This nearly perfectly describes the hustle. If you missed it because you're not seeing this in video form, I just used air quotations. Basically, just keep working and grinding to make money at the expense of literally anything. In other words, it's money over everything else in your life. And when it's laid out black and white like this, it seems a little absurd, doesn't it? But seldom is it. Normally it's said to more like this. This is my side hustle, or my second job, or just another grind. I'm sure there's many more variations of this phrase, but they all boil down to the hustle. And shockingly, I'm not innocent of this either. Even as we speak, this podcast is literally my side hustle, although not necessarily in the pursuit of wealth or affluence. Let me take you down a story from the ghost of Spencer's past. Before Shalane and I were even dating, I was trying to better my life and set up a future for myself and well, the woman at, at the time that I was with. I was working four different jobs. It was insane. I was working on the parts counter of a Chevy dealership full time. I was making agricultural plastics, melting plastic at night in a factory, also on a full time job. And on my days off from those two jobs, I was working at American Eagle and a board game store all to try and get just a little extra cheddar in the bank. Working upwards of 90 to 100 hours per week. And for what? I lived alone. I had some cool toys. But really, what did I have to show for it? Even the stuff I had, I had no time to enjoy it. Even if I had a day off, I was so tired that all I would do was sleep or maybe go to a movie. This is the gritty underside of the hustle that no one ever talks about. The constant fatigue, the lonely days, the sleepless nights, and the seclusion or isolation But because you just don't have the time or energy to maintain a proper relationship. And just think, all of this can be yours. Doesn't it sound amazing? No, it doesn't. Now fast forward several years, and a lot of wisdom, to Spencer's current place in life. One job, podcast for fun, beautiful wife, two daughters, a house full of pets, and yeah, I still have a couple of toys, and only a little bit of time to enjoy them, but much happier, and a way better rested and actually fulfilled life. Imagine that, living a happy and fulfilled life in this day and age. I'd love to say that I achieved this all on my own, and maybe I'd write like five books on it. However, the truth is I could never have gotten here without my beautiful wife and her encouragement toward reading and self-improvement and relational improvement. In doing so, I have found a few people who have given me great guidance in my adult life. Some people I would love to meet, most of which are saying the same things as the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5 verses 12 to 14. Observe the Sabbath, keep it holy, 
you have six days to work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath day, the day of rest dedicated to God. And hold on, I'm going to blow your mind here, guys. There is a secret to all of my success, whatever you want to call it. People, take a break. The hustle is not sustainable. The 100 plus hour work week is literally torture. There is no balance. It's not life. It's just grind. Don't misunderstand me. Working hard to attain your goals is good. Anything worth having is worth working towards. What I'm saying is don't work to the detriment of your mental and physical health. It's not worth working yourself to death for just a couple extra dollars in the bank. Shalane and I have always held that time is way more important than money. If I was ever unhappy with my career or had had to give too much of myself to the detriment of Shalane and I's relationship, we would seek a path together that would give us what we need. Both enough money in the bank to live okay and enough time together to make sure we were okay. We decided way back when we were dating that we were okay with messing with the formula. We can always change the career or whatever needed to, to happen so long as we didn't change our priorities. What do you think on that, babe? I think that that sums it up really well because it doesn't specify, it just says priorities because depending on the season of life is going to depend on where your priorities are. Well, we're in the midst of my ridiculous high season right now. Where do you think our priorities lie? Well, it's nice to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, sometimes you can't change where our priorities lie. Sometimes you can't change things. Like, we know that this is a short season and it comes with your job. There's no way around it. Now, usually then you get extra time off after or we're able to book a getaway or we're able to prioritize so there are times that you truly just need to hunker down and tough it out and I feel like we kind of have to do that right now and in turn just really making sure that we're observing our sabbath because that's what's going to help us reconnect and push forward every week yeah, and for, for recap, guys, our Sabbath, we do it basically 9 o'clock Saturday night. Our phones, we have them set to automatically turn off, and then my phone is supposed to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily powered off, but away um, until Monday morning. Yeah, and then Monday, like, you have Mondays off. I don't always have weekends off, but we're able to just refocus on family time. Yeah, it's that intentional time set apart in the week to be a family. Exactly. Now, in in saying that, I don't know if I've actually talked about it fully before, but Shalane's work. She works out of our home. She basically takes care of, I've referred to them here before, our extras. Yes. Now we have 
two extras who we have all the time <laughs> and one extra that we have mornings was it three mornings a week well, I have two mornings a week with school now that it started right, four right, right. in the summer and then I have the occasional part-time extra on top of that yeah <laughs> so it's I don't know there's a nice word for it child minding I, I don't know what the, the yeah, nicest way not, to say it's not daycare no. right it's we, more than babysitting it's, it's more than babysitting yeah. yeah it's just kind of in between it started as me needing to find supplementary income but stay at home because our rule or our conversation was when we had Hadley was I was going to stay home until the girls were in school and then we would reassess. Yeah, that was part of our deal. And it's, again, part of that formula that we were happy to mess with. Back when we were first dating, of course, and married, we both worked full time. And then when Tinsley came around, we started to have that conversation of where do we see our life going? And yeah, then after it was like, no, when child two comes around, that's it. I want you to stay home. You wanted to stay home. Yeah. It was just the best way for our family. Well, and it's hard because one, it was hard to put Tinsley into daycare when she turned a year. So that was difficult. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to find childcare in general. And then when you do find childcare, Usually all you do is work to pay for said childcare. So we kind of didn't want to go that route. So fast forward four years and we have reassessed and I'm still home because now we're homeschooling on top of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it allowed me when we moved here to still get some income and to still help out financially I guess and in turn it's just created a great just larger family dynamic my work doesn't interfere with what we do nope my kids and our extra kids are just our kids I guess I shouldn't say my kids but like what I meant to say was my kids (laughs) are a whole brood they're not just our kids and then extra kids we go on adventures we do family things we do family things with both of our parents yeah Yeah, it's gotten to the point where when people like my employees at the tire shop they ask me like how many kids do you have I don't even hesitate I'm like four plus some extras when really it's two biological, two extras, <laughs> and a couple extras on top of that. Yeah, they've just integrated into our family really nicely, which is great because not a lot of people can say that. It's and true. that's something that you strive through, strive for on both sides of the spectrum, both well, as she, a mom. When we were looking for daycare for Tin, mm-hmm. oh man, it was weeks if not months of searching the city we were in, which was Medicine Hat, for someone we would trust and could also afford and we still are (laughs) those crazy (laughs) parents that finding someone was difficult Mm -hmm. like even now we tinsley didn't have a grandparent sleepover until after hadley was born and even then they were both older before they ever had their first sleepover And their first sleepover was at my grandparents' house. They've never slept over anywhere that wasn't direct direct grandparents. Yeah. 
without us. And even then, I don't even think they're in the double digits of that yet in their lives. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And it's slightly due to proximity. Yes. But, like, they haven't stayed with aunts and uncles even. No. It's literally just been your parents or mine. That's crazy. That Tinsley's six. Yeah. And... So, we're just those parents. <laughs> <laughs> so it was easier to stay home. And it's been great. It's been great. I know not everyone has that experience when it's they not everyone's open reality up their family. They can do that. But we've been very lucky and very blessed with all of our children. <laughs> very much so. Um, all right, now that we can dig ourselves back out of that rabbit hole, for today anyway, the one thing I wanted to focus on was one simple and profound truth that I hold on to. Is, dude, you need a break. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I came around to this earth-shattering revelation. <laughs> um, basically from two books that were released simultaneously that I love and I've definitely talked about a lot on this podcast. Uh, from, one from John Mark Comer, one from Jefferson Bethke, one being The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, the other one being To Hell with the Hustle. If you want them, they're linked in probably five of my <laughs> show notes at this point, but I'll make sure they're in these, this one as well. Um, they both really come around to the same points of we were ingrained from creation that this rhythm of working for six days and resting for one, it's ingrained into the DNA of our whole world. You want to get into earth science like crops need rotation every seven years they or every six years they need a break in your field the body can work for six days rest for one it is the most productive way proven through several different studies that that is the best rhythm for your body and like i'm a hundred percent serious that this is ingrained biologically into people into literally everything the rotation of seven years the the work of seven days a week it's where it's, the myth the seven year itch comes from yeah like <laughs> yeah relationally it's you have six years of great you hit that point where that seventh year in dating marriage whatever you get that itch of is this gonna work that's what they tell me, at least. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up to that. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we have rings on our fingers. The only way out is a body bag at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's true. Like, that's where, that's where that comes from, is literally, it's so programmed into us that you see it in everything. Yeah. So, with me being in high season right now, the only way I survive high season is when I have a day off, I find peace. I find a small moment of solace, of, of rejuvenation in the chaos. Mm -hmm. Even in like day to day. I'm working roughly 12 hour days. 11 hour, 12 hour days. So even while I'm at work, if I have a moment of peace in the shop I step away from my desk I take a deep breath 
we call it a superhero pose. You know, legs stand shoulder width apart. You know, hands on your hips. Chest out, deep breath. And get back to whatever is going crazy. It's finding a small moment of peace, taking a break in the chaos. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get to spend much time here at home during my high season. How do you cope around the house here? With lots of lists. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely harder, right? And of course, it takes some adjustment. So we're now three weeks into high season, and I feel like I'm finally getting the leg on. It's hard because we actually maybe it's better because we kind of start school find a school routine and then high season starts yeah so you're not jumping a hundred percent into everything all at once and figuring it out um i definitely try i don't know you almost work harder during i almost work harder during the day and make sure that everything's done so that by the time you're home it's so much more important for me to be able to stop when you get home with you and even just to take an hour to you know decompress and unwind together it's those moments that make i don't know it more tolerable and more bearable <laughs> <laughs> you know it's no different than the other night when we had like a really good day especially over like thanksgiving and stuff yeah and everyone left and the door was locked and it was just like, okay, let's just make a cup of chai tea latte <laughs> and go sit in bed for a second and just unwind. Because we both are the type of people that no matter how lazy or down, how much downtime you get, when, you, when your day ends, you need a moment to unwind. And that's almost when you can talk about your day and I can talk about my day and we can make sure we're still on the same page. And <laughs> Reintroduce ourselves. Hi, right? I'm Spencer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's making sure that I'm working hard and getting to that moment so that we can reconnect is like the biggest um, I don't know, sanity saver. Is that the right word I'm looking for? I 100% understand where you're coming from. It actually perfectly segues into my next little story clip <laughs> that I Perfect. have here, which is shocking because we have really sucky show notes tonight. So um, time for another story? Sure. <laughs> All right. So over the past few weeks here, I've, I've worked, I'll call it roughly 60-hour weeks, which is a lot for me now, not so much in the past, but it so 60 hours is a lot for any week. But for me, it's a, I have to remember why I do this. I, I do it to provide for my family. So my girls have everything they need so you can stay home with them permanently because I know that's what we both want. It's, it's so important for me to have purpose, a why behind my actions and intentionality if you will that's important with almost anything though right you have to have that purpose and intentionality and i mean ju just because i have a good reason though doesn't mean that it doesn't take its toll 
time time at work directly takes away from time with my family. So again, it comes back to balance, but it's purpose. I have a purpose-driven um, life, for lack of better phrasing. Mm-hmm. Isn't, I'm pretty sure that's a book, Purpose Driven Life. <laughs> Probably is. Anyway, yeah, it, it's that direct correlation. I have purpose. I work hard. I'm away from my family a lot. It takes its toll, but it's part of the fulfillment because I have something I'm working towards. Uh, Even this podcast takes time away from other things. Mm -hmm. I spend more time doing this after the girls go to sleep, so that's time away from you. Like, it's... It's making sure I have a purpose behind it. Like this podcast, I would love for it to be a full-time career. We've talked about that a lot. Right now, not a reality. (laughs) (laughs) It would allow me to work from home. It would allow certain things that would be great. And it's a grind. It's a side hustle. So it's, it's that there's a purpose behind each thing I do. But for now, I have to work both this and a real career or different career. (laughs) (laughs) i have to i have to do both to make it happen so yes it's time away from you now but down the road it could provide more time for for you and our girls Mm -hmm. well and everything ebbs and flows too right a couple months of this and then usually you start to slow down and you can take extra time off or you're off early more days and you make sure that you take advantage when you're in that low period, right? So, like, when exactly. you have work, you're going to jump and you're going to make sure you have work. Yeah. And then when it's less and when it's downtime, you're like, well, I know this next high season is coming. If I can, I'm going to take this time to rest, rejuvenate, refocus, reprioritize, like, yeah. whatever, right? got to mess with the programming to make sure it works all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, you got it there. Like, we have ebb and flow in life. So right now, I'm crazy. It's time away from everything. But come February, March, plan a holiday. We, you know, schedule time off to make sure that our family is still in check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we deal with hustle in high season? <laughs> Intentionality. Intentionality, yeah. Which... I know both you and I, as well as yourself, has talked on, like, intentionality is so important to us individually, as well as as a couple. It's been such a mantra for our life for a little while now. Yeah, we're going, when did we start reading um, Love Letter Life? Four years ago? Three years ago? It's got to be almost four years, because we just ordered our third marriage journal. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy and Audrey Rola. (laughs) But we learned so much, right? So that intentionality really, that's when we really took like a change and a refocus. And it was shortly after we moved into this place. Mm-hmm. You started bugging me about reading it back when we were living on Gabe. Yeah, I think it was around that. It was, it kind of worked because it was kind of, we moved provinces you know, or we had a new baby, we moved provinces. (laughs) And then we kind of were able to move into this place that we're in now. And I don't know, we just, 
everything clicked really well. Yeah, we. I think it's because we became, I want to say isolated, but that's not the right word. We, we moved provinces, we moved out of our support group, out of our support system, out of our church family, and we had to find our own path. We had to find mm. our own, it's not quite right either, we had to find no, our I think own that's, system. Yes, but I actually, I think that we did that way back when we moved um, out of High River into Medicine Hat. That's yeah. when that's when that focus like that forced us to create our own community and create find our new friends and find our own church family in a city where we didn't know anyone else. All we had was my job. Mm-hmm. And we were newly married. So maybe it's because it was the second time because we moved out here. And we did it almost <laughs> completely again. But I think that it was more that time that the isolation made us stand together and on our own feet. And then out here, we were already together in a united front. So we I think that's perfected a way it. it. I might be being a little bold to say perfected, <laughs> but we improved on our previous system for sure. I don't know. I think we've, we've pretty much perfected it. <laughs> well, this does work pretty smoothly most of the time. But I, I do really think, though, it's like when we moved out here, we really didn't have anything or anyone to lean on. We had my grandparents. Yeah. And it just, we started reading again and not just reading for fun but like developmental reading together and like through kicked it off was a love letter life from jeremy and audrey and then it just kind of snowballed from there and it just got better and we got better at intentionality and better at living on purpose and mm-hmm. then we refound a church family out here and it just kept getting stronger yeah and then you know phrase i've come to hate is that unprecedented covid that just shut down everything and it gave us nothing but each other to lean on yeah we were finally getting our feet (laughs) (laughs) and making some real friends and then we got shut up the world told us we couldn't do that anymore (laughs) yeah but i feel like the previous having to stand on our own two feet it's probably the reason why we didn't just, you know... Crumble this time? I was going to say kill each other, but... <laughs> no, I'm trying to keep it G on this podcast, though. You know? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Although there I was did a... mention body bags five minutes ago, so... There was no... <laughs> there was no heated fellowship <laughs> <laughs> being on lockdown as there could have been in earlier in our relationship. That's a good way of putting that. <laughs> no, I would I would agree though. Like our our first move did set us up for success. Our second move, we had already learned how to lean on each other properly that with a couple extra developmental tools it just kind of got easier. Mhm. Yeah. 
because it's it's like I don't know, I've seen it up on like five different gym walls. It's like you know you, these workouts aren't getting easier; you're getting stronger. If only it, that was true for working out. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the topic here from that rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, I think it is just it's necessary to one live with a purpose behind you mm-hmm. a driving force to keep you going through and second just remembering that it's okay to take a break it's okay to stop and just refocus well and re let's reevaluate also you know this is we were talking about this not too long ago and if this is a tangent you don't want me to go on then that's fine <laughs> um but You've been with this job for just over two years now, mm-hmm. and this is the happiest you have been over the longest amount of time in our relationship with a job. And that's not a negative. No, it's, it's just, just the, truth. the truth. And it's always been because when you hit that wall and it becomes work all the time and there is no joy and you come home defeated, and you come home... Every other emotion that just, like, defeated is really the best word. Yeah. You come home from work, and you are defeated, not just in an ebb and flow way. But as a daily in and out, I mm-hmm. begrudgingly go to work and come home exhausted mentally, physically, in every way. And... Yeah. When I get home, there's nothing left in the tank to give you then. Mm-hmm. And that's when I've always said, well, is this what you really want to be doing? Yeah, I mean, the, the first one that comes to mind is when I was working at uh, the car dealership. Mm-hmm. I was selling cars, and I'm good at selling cars. Yes. It was, it was yeah, different story for a different day, I think. <laughs> um but yeah, like I, I would come home from selling cars and I, it doesn't matter if I sold three, four, five cars that day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of mental work. But I would just come home and be like, wow, I didn't do enough. Yeah. Right there. It was just whatever I accomplished at work wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't fulfilling. Yes. And I get it. There's always going to be seasons where it's not like you're in your dream job. And I get that. I'm not saying no that everyone needs to go out and find their dream job and nothing less, right? Like, <laughs> let's we have to be realistic. <laughs> I have a wife and children and a home to take care of. I can't just... What, what would it have been in high school? Uh, I can't draw comic books. <laughs> right. And, you know, some people do. Some t- people make a living and a great living drawing comic books. That is 1% of 1% of a population. This is not a reality. And honestly, I'm not that good of an artist. <laughs> so <laughs> You're better at me than me. Tinsley likes to remind me that I can draw stick people and stick bears. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to see one of them stick bears. I haven't seen one of those You just yet. draw a stick person that you had a couple ears. It's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> right? But like... You can't, you have to be realistic, and I get that. But there were multiple times where you got to a point where it was like, okay, honey, is this really what you should be doing? 
because you're coming home and you're and not very nice to be around. And you just hate life. You just you're so fed up with your eight, nine, whatever hours a day mm-hmm. that it's just it's draining. And I'd rather you come make enough happy. to just cover the bills, but to come home happy than to be making so much money and to come home unfulfilled and defeated. Yeah. It's always just been something that we've, like, I've always encouraged you to do. Yep. I mean, perfect example, there's a relative, I don't want to name drop or give paths so people can figure out who it is, who has been at the same job for 10 years, and he's good at it. But he's been doing this for 10 years and he is no further ahead in life. He has no social life. He's got no friends or support to lean on. And he has basically worked himself into a depression. And there is one factor. It's just because he's worked nights and he's worked hard and long hours and really accomplished I mean very little I can't say nothing because I'm sure he's got something to show for him but he probably has lots of toys and bills are paid and has extra money in the bank but then what exactly and it's because that's not supposed to be where our success comes from or where our happiness comes from yeah I mean let's throw another uh, cliche into the mix here Money doesn't buy happiness. And it doesn't. We've tried. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, it can buy you toys. It can buy you things. And, I mean, it can even buy you friends so long as you can sustain that wealth. But it's not real. It's not happiness. It's not sustainable joy. No. It's a high that you're going to continually seek something bigger and better. Mm Mm-hmm. And there will always be bigger and better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at the top 1% of the world. I mean, like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, whatever. They, they don't, all of them are saying, oh, yeah, I'm not, not successful yet. I mean, how much more money can you get at that point? Well, what is it? What was I reading that... Zuckerberg lost like six billion dollars the day that Facebook went down. Was it really that much? Yeah. That's insane. Like. (laughs) Six bill in one day. Yeah. I couldn't fathom that kind of money. Like, that's what he lost, not what he has. That's what he lost in one day. I'm sure he lost more. I fact checked because we took a moment because I needed a drink. In that fact-checking pause, um, it says he lost that within the first few hours of Facebook being down. So, what the day's total he lost, I have no idea. But The point is irrelevant. What really matters is he, he can lose that, which is insane, but he still doesn't have enough. Exactly. There's always more. Yeah. So... That's not how I want to measure my life. It is not in dollars made or saved or whatever. 
what sports car I have or don't have, what motorbike I have, want, need, whatever, is not how I measure success. No. What I want to be remembered for, remembered by, is how happy my family was, what mm-hmm. kind of love I could share to people. Yeah. I don't want charities named after me, my name on a hospital, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Sure, that's cool, but it's... Again, not my measure of success. Exactly. Fun side note. What do you want to be remembered for by? Or do you want to be remembered at all? <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. That, that's not, <laughs> no, that, that is really not what I meant. But do you, do you want your name? Like, do you, What legacy do you want to leave behind? I don't want my name on a library or a building at Yale. Observatory. <laughs> An observatory. Um, Gilmore Girls reference. No, I don't want that either. I, If anything, I want to be remembered for what I did and who I was. I want to be remembered for... I've learned through this pandemic that I feel <laughs> like my biggest God gift that I didn't know was hospitality and I'm sure a hundred other people around me knew that that was a huge God gift that I had. And it's just come to light for me. Um, Perfect story for this. My guys at work knew that, you know, this weekend being Thanksgiving here in Canada, that <laughs> we're going to have a couple turkeys. And ev- like all of my core staff were like, is your wife bringing soup to live for, for everyone here? Because we need soup. <laughs> <laughs> I have a reputation that doesn't follow me. It just follows Spencer around to each location he works at. And yes, I will make soup. Shalene probably be sends next week. food and baking and all the guys go crazy for it. I don't even remember. It was a big moment, but one of those moments that a couple months down the road, I was I don't remember. I couldn't tell you the official story. But... I had a very awe-inspiring moment in church just being like, you know, especially as a stay-at-home mom, your identity just isn't there the same, right? So you're constantly looking for places that you can be making sure that you're being a light and that you're being a gift, but at the same time, how do you do that in the middle of a pandemic, staying at home? with children your your light's pretty uh behind the shutters <laughs> you can also note the fact that you wanted to know whether or not i wanted to be remembered and then told me i was shut up so <laughs> spencer's on a roll speaking of heated <laughs> fellowship we're gonna have words after we finish recording this <clears throat> but it was an awe-inspiring moment of something that i'm sure a lot of people around me knew that I didn't know. Yeah, I, for me, I, I knew this was this has been your gifting forever. You've always been so inviting. Your family is so inviting. Like the hospitality is like bred into you from your parents. We just pretend it's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think back to Parker family Christmases. Christmas Eve service at church. Yes. Doors are open. Christmas Eve, our doors are always open. People, I don't even know if your parents knew them 
were at your house. Oh, I'm sure they did. My parents knew everyone. Outsider looking in, it's just hardwired into you. But yeah, sometimes it takes an epiphany to be like, hey, you know, your home is inviting. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you can serve from your home. That, that's what I want to be remembered for. I like that. I want you to be remembered, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, I want to be remembered for much the same. Just like how much love and light we brought to this world. Oh, now you want to copy my answer? I said it before. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't need my name in lights. I don't need international celebrity. I don't need... Forbes top 10 list whatever I don't care I want to be known for for love that's such a big one that's a, such a big one that I feel like so many people forget maybe I shouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> now who's being rude <laughs> I say that and my brain goes that way just with the amount of, especially with you being in customer service, the amount of just anger right now. Oh, it's unreal. And it's out of fear. Yeah. Right? So, so many people are angry and scared with just the world being shook upside down. Instead of just stopping and taking a deep breath and just being like, okay, well, how can I be a light right now? And I feel like that's a great loop around <laughs> to bring us back to the beginning, just because that is such a great way to be looking for intentionality, especially for, actually this works out for both of us, because in February we do our 30-day challenge, yep. which reminds us how to essentially take little moments of intentionality for 30 days in a row to show our spouse in creative ways why and how we love them. So in the middle of the chaos, to be reminded to take those moments to just be, how can I be a light to you this week? It is a good segue back to the original points here. So that was kind of cool because my brainwave was kind of off. And then going into there, just kind of like that looped around really nicely. Happy accidents. (laughs) No, I I really do think though, like it's finding those little moments that we can find peace in the chaos and find a break in the chaos just to, you know, shed a little light, shed a little love, you know, think about Beatles songs for a minute. I don't know. (laughs) It can be something as easy as showing you light and love by meal prepping for you yeah or to making sure my door is always open to whoever needs to come over for a coffee to making soup (laughs) for all of spencer's staff once every couple months yeah like it i always forget i'm really guilty for it is like spreading joy doesn't have to be a grand gesture Mm -mm. it doesn't have to be something ridiculously huge and expensive or whatever it can be something as simple as 
genuinely asking someone how their day was and wanting to know the answer (laughs) yeah and like like i said like genuinely asking because you want an answer or you know holding a door open for someone and just taking a moment be like hi how are you? I know, because you can't just smile at them anymore. <laughs> no one knows whether or not you're smiling. No, just like taking 15 seconds out of your day to hold a door for someone could mean the world for them. Mm-hmm. Some semblance of restoration of humanity for someone. Mm-hmm. Just like little moments, little random acts of kindness. Ooh, yeah. Let's throw another cliche in here. That's a good challenge. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it doesn't have to be grand gestures in life. It can be just a little moment just to make someone smile, whether you can see it or not. <laughs> yeah, little break from the chaos. It's all we can really do to survive high season. Mm-hmm. Doing things together helps. That concept of sharing. But that concept of sharing, it allows us to look for things that we can do together like this that usually would be taking time or taking us our separate ways yeah for a time now recording for an hour or so or whatever it's just normally we would have personal time and yeah just sharing whatever we can bringing us together however we can Finding a break together. Moments of reconnection. That is how we survive high season. That's how we survive high season. It was a great place to leave that for tonight. Well, I will wrap it up very simply. And guys, just leave you with... Find a way to find peace. Small moments. That's my sage wisdom for today. Be it together or apart. Find those small moments. And for this week, God bless. Stay safe out there.